Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for joining us. Here we are with uh, Jeannie Hedrick. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing well. I really appreciate you uh, joining us. This, Of course, you're the better half of someone who's been on the program <laughs> a few times. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Tony and I are, of course, friends for about a decade now. I guess maybe a little longer. That seems funny. But uh, time's passing quickly. So really appreciate you getting on here to straighten things out. Well, it's my <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> I don't I, often get to have the the full reign of talking, so this is great. Awesome. Well, yeah, no, I'm happy for it. And my idea in talking to you was to provide some contrast. You know, I think folks look at... Uh, people who do short-term missions work and they there's this kind of aura or mystique that that mm -hmm. surrounds it and a lot of times especially for if it's the guy of the family or the or the husband of the family who's traveling there's a not much fill-in for what happens when that person's gone so I, I felt like we just have a good opportunity here to get an alternative and possibly contrasting perspective on what it's like. But before we get into that, I wanted to find out a little bit about more about you, just for folks to get a sense of who you are. Of course, you're Jeannie Hetrick of the power couple, Tony and Jeannie, and you guys are in the Carolinas. That's, of course, where I met Tony some years ago. Tell us a little bit about your background and maybe where you grew up and okay. that kind of thing, and maybe how you and Tony met. Okay. Well, I was one of those rare people that was born in a house. My parents were living in northern Arkansas when I was born, and uh, I come from, you know, very rural people, Christian background, was raised in the church. But my family was very quiet and just kind of behind-the-scenes kind of people. It, I never aspired to anything unusual in the Christian life. I just thought, you know, I'd be a mom and and a wife, and we would go to church every Sunday and just, you know, kind of live the Christian life. But it it never occurred to me that I would end up doing anything like I have done, which is kind of being thrown into the middle of a lot of Christian ministry, really leadership. So it was a real surprise to me. We kind of wandered away from God when we were in our teens and early 20s, and we ended up in Canada, and all of our children were born up there. And we just really never thought that we would get back into the Christian life at all, or even though both of our parents were Christians. But when we were about 30, we started to get kind of hungry for God again. And he visited us in such a powerful way that we were really brought back into a powerful relationship with him. And it was during a, a revival period up in Canada that this happened. And so we were kind of thrown into the midst of all of these people getting saved and needing discipleship. And 
So we ended up being kind of house parents for a lot of young Christians. We had people stay at our house and sometimes for weeks at a time, and people were coming and going. And so it was a very exciting time. And we both, my husband and I both, just really fell in love with Jesus and wanted to serve Him wholeheartedly. So in some ways, it wasn't a surprise when we ended up doing pastoral work. We ended up starting a church up in Ottawa area in Canada. And uh, we were there for about 12 years. And it just seemed like our lives were going to continue to go that way, like we were going to work together as Mm -hmm. a pastoring couple. But in about 1996, my husband got a job working for a missions college. Mm -hmm. And at first, he was just teaching courses there. And so we were interacting with missionaries all the time, either people that had been on the mission field or were training to be. And during that time, my husband got called to do his own mission work over in Italy. So that kind of threw our lives into a real change because we had never done anything like that before. At first, he needed to go by himself. And I stayed at home because I had a full-time job and I was working. And so this kind of created a new dynamic in our lives. And out of that, the Lord really called Tony very seriously to work in Italy Not all the time, not as a full-time missionary, but certainly as a regular short-termer, and I was left at home. So this this had challenges, but it also had benefits. So that's kind of how we got into missions. Very interesting. Now, I've got a podcast, and you may or may not have heard it, but I've got an episode that I titled, Tony Finds His Way to Italy. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like a very odd way. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so interesting the way that happened. And in some ways, it seemed like it was a counterintuitive approach. Obviously, the Lord, he hides his wisdom uh-huh. from the shrewd. <laughs> and, he, right. and he does. He's got his own wisdom, of course, that's much higher than ours. So I thought like, wow, that's isn't that just like the Lord to do something that you wouldn't expect? or in a way that wouldn't be maybe logical, Mm -hmm. that story is is a real favorite of mine. And, of course, Tony and I have talked about it when we've been together at times, in addition to what we have recorded. But for those of you who might be listening and haven't heard Tony Finds His Way to Italy, I think that'd be worth your while. I can't remember if it's on the Forefront podcast or on our Leaders Moment. It's a worthwhile story. Thanks for sharing that. Now, the dynamics of going and staying, some people say they're, to be involved in missions, there's four ways to be involved, go, stay behind, pray, or contribute. Mm-hmm. You know, that's some kind of an overview way to understand it. But with these missions that Tony was going on in Italy, and of course, I know it spread out some into more of Europe, you found yourself staying back during those times. What were some of the challenges that you faced with that, and especially compared to the fact that you guys were working previously as a pastoral couple, you know, a lot of that works in the same, mm-hmm. with the same people, the same relationships, the same mm-hmm. the same geography, the same schedule, that kind of thing. Can you illuminate that for us a little? Sure. It was interesting that Tony would end up in missions because growing up in a home with parents that were church planters, they had missionary people coming through their home, and he was able to see up front what it was like. And Tony's always been the kind of person that 
loved risk and loved adventure. And, you know, he's very uncomfortable with routine and things being done the same way each time. And so in some ways, it wasn't that surprising that he would end up there. But what was hard for me was I grew up in a totally opposite way. I I grew up loving routine <laughs> and I love predictability and I love to have the same environment. Like the first few times that I went over with Tony, I just kind of assumed, and I think this is always a problem with Christians is we make assumptions based on either what we've seen other people do or what we read in scripture that, you know, married people are always supposed to do everything together, you know? Mm. And so I just assumed when he started getting interested in missions, I couldn't go with him immediately, but soon, you know, things changed enough that I had some flexibility and I could go. Mm-hmm. But when I did go, it was so hard for me because I didn't sleep. I was totally thrown by jet lag. My body just did not respond well to being away from home. Being an introvert, I just really needed a lot of time to myself and here we were thrown into all these situations where likely we were going to sleep in a different place every night. We were meeting new people all the time. You know, like, it wasn't like you were settled in a pastoral place where you met the same people. It was new people. Mm -hmm. And so it just stretched me so much that every time I came home from one of those trips, I was just depleted and Mm -hmm. exhausted. And it started to really mess with me because I started to think there was something wrong with me. I started to have these terrible spiritual insecurities. It was like, God, why have you made me the way you made me when I'm married to this guy who wants to go overseas and I can't, you know? Mm -hmm. And it created a lot of anxiety and, um, I would go to these mission conferences. I remember one time, because we were in a missions college, we were always interacting with missionaries. And I remember going to a conference we had there, and I just, I ended up having to leave early and go home. And I Mm -hmm. just went home and sobbed because I thought, God, why can't you give me some kind of calling to this if I'm going to have to do it, you know? Right. Why have you made me the way you made me? So all of that worked for good because it forced me to look at my relationship with the Lord and to really seek Him for myself wow. and not just assume that because Tony was doing it, I was supposed to too. Yeah. And I remember one time I was praying, and I think we have to make a distinction between not wanting to do something just because we're rebellious and we don't, we just don't like it, and it's like, I don't want to do that, God. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. But in my case, it wasn't that. I was willing. I just didn't feel capable of doing mm-hmm. it. And I felt like I was more of a hindrance when I went than a help. <laughs> so one day I was home mopping my floors and praying, and I was saying, Lord, you know, show me what you want me to do. I'm willing to do either, to go or stay, but you just, I really need to hear from you. And it was so interesting. The Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, well, what do you want to do? And that was the first time I'd ever encountered that, that, that I could choose, you know, yeah. how I wanted to serve Him. And it was so freeing for me. And wow. I remember another time I was in church, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me just out of the blue. I wasn't even thinking about this topic of missions at the time, but He just said, don't you know that I've made you exactly the way I want you? And you're not a mistake, and you're not deficient. I've made you the way I want you to be to serve me. So just relax. And 
find out what I want you to do. And don't always be comparing yourself to these other missionaries, you know, that are going. And it was very freeing out of that turbulent time of trying to decide whether I was going to be a part of it or not. I just really solidified my relationship with the Lord personally. And that's when I started writing and I started finding other outlets for my spiritual gifts. And and I just became okay with the fact that for this time, I don't think, you know, married couples should be separated permanently by any means. Like if he was Mm going to go full time, I would go. But but for short trips, I felt released to just stay home, do my job, attend to the family responsibilities that were there, and prayed and supported and counseled Tony when he called and needed, you know, somebody to talk to about things. You know, I was there, I was available, but I was just at home. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. That is a very interesting process the Lord took you through, and I think it's extremely valuable. I think so much of our expectations are that we're going to be doing things. You know, as a couple, you're going to be doing things. Everything mm-hmm. one does, the other one's going to be doing. And I think right. Kathy and I have found that to be true as well in a similar way to what you're talking about because I'm doing, you know, more short-term stuff. And the freedom and flexibility up until recently hasn't been there for her to even be able to join because of the family mm-hmm. and the children at home right. and school and teaching mm-hmm. as a profession and all this kind of thing. Pray for us. We're getting ready to head to our first trip together and with our youngest. Mm-hmm. We're, we're headed to Europe here before long. So the flexibility is getting there, but I want to make sure that we're hearing the Lord. And, and what we're doing, you know, we're doing it because... That's what the Lord mm-hmm. is leading, not just because it's right. assumed, you know. What a powerful process the Lord took you through there. And so instructive. I mean, it's this is something that I, you know, ongoing struggles for me is is uh, the idea of assumption. You know, we already mm-hmm. know what to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. We think, right. right? We think we know what the Lord wants. A lot of times before, or even if we haven't asked him. And so mm-hmm. I think that sensitivity really paid off there. And, I, you know, I know there was some pain associated with that. There was some, oh, yeah. some confusion. Was and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and just that process, the Lord was faithful to you in that. Thankful that you completed that. What can we do as those who are going and to help understand those who are feeling like they're not supposed to go. How can we mm-hmm. cooperate with that? Because I think there are assumptions a lot of times on both sides. The assumption of the goer is, where are you? And the assumption of the right. stayer is maybe something I don't know because that's not me. So what can you say there that would help us to cooperate with each other? What have you learned about cooperating with those differences? Well, there was a scripture that really spoke to me many years ago. It was out of First Samuel 30. And in this incident, David was going with a group of people to recover some things that had been stolen from them by the Amalekites. So he took his guys with him. And of course, the Lord was gracious and enabled them to bring everything back that had been stolen, including their children and wives and, you know, all their stuff. And so it was a very exhilarating triumph as they're coming back with all this stuff that they've recovered. And it 
turned out that there were some people that were too exhausted to be able to go with them. They had stayed behind with the stuff, as it was called. And when the guys who had gone with David, you know, feeling very full of themselves, got back and they were so excited about their victory, they started saying, well, let's not share what we got with these ones that stayed behind because, you know, they didn't do the work. (laughs) And uh, so David spoke up very clearly and he said, no, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. Because really, the victory was God's. It wasn't theirs anyway. The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of the man who went down to the battle. All will share alike. You know, it's kind of a principle that I think in the body of Christ, whether we're married or not, we need to recognize God's called us all to different things. We all have different gifts. And we all have things we contribute to the kingdom, you know. And I think... In answer to your question, we just need to value each other better (laughs) to see the unique things that God has given each disciple and how that enhances all the kingdom, you know, and just remember to tell each other and to pray for each other. And, you know, it's hard to stay home because you have to deal with all the emergencies that come up, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, you have to feel like you're missing out because you're not getting to meet these people and have these experiences that your spouse is having. And so you can't help but feel a little bit like that's not fair. You know, I've just been doing the drudgery. I've been home paying the bills and, you know, Mm -hmm. going to work or whatever the situation is or looking after the kids. You know, I think, I think it would be especially hard if you had young children. I think it's a lot easier to do when you're older Mm-hmm. And your kids are grown and they're okay and they're looking after themselves. But I know I, I never liked it when Tony was away when I had young children because I just felt like it was too much responsibility. So I think everybody has to assess their own situation to know what makes sense. And I and I do believe that even though some of us may not be equipped for missions, if God wants us to go, he'll give us what we need for it. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm yeah. thinking... You know, like in your case, you and your wife are going to begin to to do this together. Well, God will supply. He'll give you what you need if that's His will, you know. Mm-hmm. But in my yeah. case, I just felt like God was saying, you know, don't necessarily assume that I'm sending you as well, you know, because you can contribute from home as well as you can contribute there. In some ways, I'm more of a burden on Tony when I go because I'm such a poor traveler. You know, he worries <laughs> about me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, you know, takes his focus off of what he's able to do for the Lord if if he has to worry about me. You know what I mean? Right, right. So I yeah. think just, you know, a quick answer is let's value each other. Let's encourage each other. Let's lift each other up. And, and not just in words, but really in how we treat each other, that we're all vitally important to this work of the kingdom of seeing people come to know Christ. Absolutely. That, well, thank you for that. I think there's a lot that, God values that sometimes we overlook, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, I think, especially easy for us to put a high value on stuff that involves crowds or stuff that, that is showy or, you know, is getting Mm -hmm. a lot of attention or sadly in a narcissistic way, I think we, a lot of times value whatever we have a contribution to and we we and exactly. we devalue what whether you know we devalue 
the contribution of others, especially if it's, you know, you know, very high contrast Mm -hmm. or very different than what we ourselves do. So Mm -hmm. we can all learn and continue to learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. I think we've got to be, be careful because I think a lot of times the Lord's, what the Lord puts value on can escape us and we end up criticizing or feeling a way that is not reflective of the mm-hmm. Lord, you know, and that that's exactly a, such a challenge. We have to stay on top of that so that we don't end up speaking evil mm-hmm. of things we don't understand, mm-hmm. I think, is uh, yeah. one of the New Testament you know, references there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it is understanding, you know, over the years, Tony and I have been married for, you know, over 50 years and it's taken us a long time to really understand where each other's coming from, just because we're wired so differently. Like when we took personality tests, you know, there'd be like four quadrants and he would be in the upper left quadrant and I'd be in the lower right quadrant. Like (laughs) we could not be more opposite in terms of how we're made. You know, only God could put us together and make it work. (laughs) You know, humanly speaking, it shouldn't work, but it does because we both, honor the Lord, and we, over time, have learned to value each other and Mm. understand how God's gifted us for, you know, one one time I was really, really feeling insecure about our relationship, and I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, He said, you know, I've wired Him that, I've made Him to have a vision to look out away from what's near Him so that he can see the needs out there. He said, don't take it as a rejection of you. I've made them that way for my own purposes. So don't worry. Don't become insecure about that. Just recognize how he's made and support him in every way that you can. And I, I've tried to do that. It's not always easy, but it's a growing thing for Christians sure. to learn sure. how to value each other. And uh, for sure. Yeah. Honor Christ in doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think that that is some of the maturity the Lord's calling us to in terms of being able to value what's different than what comes naturally to us and having a more holistic perspective. I think for the, I mean, Tony is to me, to my estimation, one of the purest evangelists that I know. I mean, he, he's Mm -hmm. just, he's just like you say, He's look, he's scanning the horizon for a lost sheep at all times, you know. I mean, it's exactly, it's, and and uh, that, that's uh, he in some ways he's kind of a fairly pure expression of that. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's gonna it's that's taking him out and into what appe- might appear to be wanderings uh, to a lot of folks, mm-hmm. but the Lord's yeah. leading him in his wanderings. And I mean, I just I think about a, a conversation that he and I had on the on a train to Milan, we, we, we encountered some students and it was mm-hmm. probably at first we encountered that we were seated in an area where there were a lot of people returning to university, you know, and that we were in a cluster of about six or seven. So first mm-hmm. we started a little conversation with one and then two and then before it was over, the whole crew that were going back to university, we were engaged in a meaningful conversation about the Lord Exactly. It was magnificent to watch. And for folks who aren't evangelistically or, you know, like evangelistic 
wiring, you know, that might seem like, wow, that's a miracle, but it happens around Tony and I've observed it a whole bunch. So it's interesting how, what he brings. And then what I think as long as we are seeking the Lord, he's going to give us an opportunity to recognize our contribution, you know, what he's made us for, how we mm-hmm. can how we can have our own special and unique contribution, as the mm-hmm. scripture says, that will build up, you know, that will have a impact mm-hmm. and a consequence in his body for the good. Yep. And and yep. everyone ends up better off. So that's mm-hmm. I'm guessing it took that process you described for us. We're talking about a few years there. I probably, I'm guessing. How Many long do you years. think that was? <laughs> 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 a, a, a few, a few years. Yeah. I think there are probably a number of those who are hearing our conversation that are earlier in the process. They're less through the process, might be a better way to say it. What would you like to say, both to the goers and to the, the stayers? What would you like to say to those people who are maybe in the beginning or early stages of their process? How would you encourage them? I guess what I would say after serving the Lord the many years I have is that really all that matters is our relationship with Him. We can get distracted by so many things, what people think and what the, you know, the assumptions are and all that, but really... The most important thing is to seek the Lord Himself and really build a strong and deep and abiding relationship with Him, because in the end, He's all that matters anyway. I mean, we can go out and do all these things that build our own little kingdoms, but but pleasing Him is what every serious disciple of Jesus should should be concerned with. And if pleasing Him means that I get overlooked or... Uh, I'm misunderstood, or I'm looked down on, or whatever the reaction might be from the world, I have to be okay to say that doesn't matter as much as knowing that I've pleased the Lord, that I've done what He asked to do, I've been faithful, I've trusted Him, I've continued to go even when I didn't feel like it, I've persevered in my relationship with Him, and in the end, it's I can say having come through a lot of really difficult times that it is worth it. Wow. It's really the only thing at the end that gives us real satisfaction and joy Mm. in our hearts, Mm. even when our circumstances are not what maybe we would want, you know? Wow. That was a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) That was a blessing, Jeannie. Thank you for saying that. And I think that the Lord's really given you clarity around that idea through the experience, right? Through the process. I've had to learn the hard way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for learning, even if you had to do it sometimes the hard way. I'm sure it wasn't every time the hard way, but sometimes we do learn that way. And I thank you for that being faithful to continue to learn and follow the Lord and for you to say that Jesus and your relationship with the Lord continues to be the main thing. And we have mm-hmm. to continue to stay focused on that regardless mm-hmm. of circumstances, whether they are favorable yeah. or unfavorable, because both of those types of circumstances can lead mm-hmm. us astray. That focus on the Lord himself and for 
himself. That to me is is powerful. Well, I really, really appreciate it. I really appreciate you joining us here. And I'm encouraged. I, I really am strengthened by your your input and for your perspective on staying versus going and what you've learned. Thank you very much for sharing. I understand you have a blog. I'd like to, if it's okay with you, direct folks to know more about you or if they want to see something you're working on or that that kind of thing. How would someone find out more or encounter more from your stuff? I know your blog's online and occasionally you record them in audio Mm -hmm. form. So how can you direct us there if that's okay? The name of my blog is Adventuring with God, and I've been writing it for probably uh, been a while, probably been at least 15 years. Wow. And it's about a thousand words, so it's not super long, but it's not super short either. I know mm-hmm. nowadays people like short little ditties, but I love Scripture, and I love to try and explore how Scripture speaks to us, you know, and mm-hmm. really what it means in our lives today. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to know Scripture, but it's another thing to know how to apply it, you know? Right. And so that's kind of what I try and do. I try to explore an idea through my blog. And as I say, it's called Adventuring with God. I'm not sure the best way to—probably the best way to get to it, it's on WordPress, is geniehedrick.wordpress.com. Okay, and I'll spell that for those of you. This is a little unusual spelling for Jeannie, J-E-A-N-N-E. Hedrick, H-E-D-R-I-C-K, dot wordpress.com. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we'll put a link on the show notes as well so folks who are listening can just click through and get straight to your blog. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say as we're concluding? I guess um, my concluding remark would be love Jesus with all your heart and Love his body. Love everyone who knows him. Because I think so many things can divide us up. And Satan loves to do that, to get us looking at something, some aspect of how somebody else is walking with the Lord, and we find fault with it, and we start to create a vision. That just Mm -hmm. grieves the Lord's heart so much. Mm -hmm. He wants us to really value each other and to love each other as he loves us. So I guess that would be my my final thought. Yeah, well, once again, very encouraging, very quality remarks there. Thank you so much for adding that. Yeah, thanks for being here. We'll look forward to seeing you guys before long and catching up downrange. All right. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. All right. All the best. You too. Bye-bye. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Mission Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. 
if you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their Forefront missions, experience, or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.